You're listening to The Haunting of Blind Manor After Show by Horror Movie Talk. Good morning to you, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk's special The Haunting of Bly Manor after show. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. On a normal episode, we would review and discuss one horror movie in detail for this series of 10 episodes or more. I don't know. Yeah, we we'll don't probably really have to follow. We'll probably have to follow up with all the calls we'll be getting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spoopology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare-no-nos. So, without further ado, the haunting of Bly Manor after show with horror movie talk. I gotta, I gotta give uh, props to Maxwell R Allen on Instagram for that. That mm-hmm. intro music is just, it's a real banger. Yeah, and that's the Willow Wally, or the, the yeah, 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 the Willow Wally, Willow Wally, the Willy Willy Wally. <laughs> Got a great show today. We're going to be starting out with a brief synopsis before we get into spoilers. These episodes are mostly spoilers. There's not really much you can do other than... It's an after show. What are you going to do? So, in the spoiler section, we'll take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the show. There's not much to hate about this show. No, not really. pretty fantastic. I mean, it's a little slow, um, and the source material is a little fucked out, but other than that... Today, we'll be talking about episode seven... Episode 7 starts to weave all the storylines together as Rebecca and Peter are revealed to Danny, and the story of Rebecca's death is told. Finally get that reveal, and we learn of Peter's motivations in the afterlife and how it may have dire consequences for the living. Yeah. No surprise there. No. No surprise that Peter's, like, uh, not trustworthy even in death. Yeah, so it's really this this episode was really interesting because we finally get to really kind of learn the mechanics between the kids and uh Rebecca and Peter. Mhm. And oh man, it's brutal when he's I mean, we'll get into it, but Yeah. Yeah, there's some brutal parts in this and it's um it's all under extreme duress. Yeah, this this uh episode really fleshes out the lore. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. of the of the show um 
before we get into spoilers, just want to mention our website, horrormovietalk.com. There you can find links to all our social media. If you're interested in hearing our movie reviews, we post new episodes every Wednesday. Um, if you're wanting to leave us a voicemail, our number is 682-253-4468. And if you really want to be nice, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. Uh, but that's enough about us. Let's get into the episode talk about spoilers spoilers <laughs> that's Jamie's accent right right no right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's so racist in here. Yeah, there's... It's not racist. It's super racist. They're white. Against my people. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we leave off last episode with Danny getting clobbered. Yeah, you're really getting head. bonked on the head. Yeah. Bonk. Yeah. <laughs> Need to have a bongo sound effect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, she wakes up and she's tied up in the basement um, in the scene... Peter and Rebecca. No, not in the basement. She's in the attic. In the attic? Yeah. Eh, basement, attic. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's the all price. the same to me. Whatever. They're both spooky. Don't let elevation fool you. <laughs> Elevation's a myth. Um, so Peter and Rebecca appear to her, and they're kind of talking. Sorry. Oh, boy. Got a random... So they they appear and were kind of shown how um, directly they're connected to Miles and Flora that um, they're able to to basically jump in at will by touching them, which has been established already. Yeah, um, but also so let's they're... let's back this up just a little bit. You jump into a kid <laughs> by touching them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Uh, this is like your textbook definition of bad, bad right. touch. Well, we find out in this episode that, uh, well, yeah. Uh, so, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know how? No, I'm not gonna. I'm no, not no, gonna no, go no, into. No, 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 no. I'm well, not gonna go into. People are gonna be angry. Um. So, Peter and Rebecca appeared, or and they're. Basically plotting or, or just discussing what their plan is. Yeah. Um, which and, is and, to, and they're not only uh, uh, there for the kids, they're there for most of the time for Danny as well. Danny can see him. Right. And as they're talking, um, they kind of drift off into another memory or dream or they're called off into another memory or dream. Um, as they're standing there, and it's, it seems like they can't really control that. Like, they keep, keep getting sucked into a different memory. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's like, so, in the same way that the kids don't really have control over themselves when they get touched, <laughs> hmm. um, the, the ghosts of Peter and Rebecca are based, like, they have some weird arbitrary r- rules uh foisted upon them where 
like there are certain triggers basically mm-hmm. like if they if if peter hears a door knocking then boom 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 it comes like he he can't he yeah. can't fight off this this horrible memory of his mother right yeah so there's that and we've been shown that with hannah before in a previous episode of reliving the same yeah. interview with owen yeah so we're shown these memories that are sucked into and peter's is the new information um his mother knocks at his door and apparently she's gotten out of prison i'm assuming i think it's a mental either prison or maybe it's unclear but it's yeah it's not un- good she got out yeah um and he she's basically shaking him down yeah for money it's but not but not initially i mean he feels it initially but you know as the audience you're kind of like he he opens the door and he's like no and she's like what no what do you mean no right and he's like oh no this is happening my mother's here and and eventually as the audience you learn oh she's like a real true narcissist who's mm. just using her son to right to like to to get things stuff right. and money yeah. and you know insinuating that even if he doesn't have money he works for someone rich so i mean you have access right so it becomes apparent that peter is just you're not terribly important to me he's not important to his mother so I mean, other than for the money yeah and then it jumps to uh memory with miss jessel hannah um, and a police officer, the police officer is interviewing him. I think I jumped the gun and mentioned this on a previous episode. I don't know if they, they had this on the previous episode or not, but there was, there was things like this. Yeah. So the, the police or officer was interviewing Miss Jessel about, you know, what she knows about Peter's disappearance. Yeah. And maybe Hannah was there too. Or Hannah not? was, Hannah was okay. there. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, Hannah basically says like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. And... Miss Jessel is like, I, I don't, all I know is that he wanted to take me to America. Yeah. And that seemed like not suspicious, suspicious at all to me that he fell into a vast sum of money by being a, I mean, look valet. at him. A, 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 a valet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at him. Uh, here's yeah, the, I mean, here's I, the thing. I mean, he could he could rake in the dough just with like uh, some classy gigolo jobs, dude. Dude, okay, I I just realized something that I'd never really I'd never really fleshed it out in my thought process before. But okay, okay, so get this: you you roll up to a stoplight and you look over and you see uh, either some good looking lady or some good looking man, and they are in a Beamer or a Mercedes or a Porsche or some nice car. Mm. And you're like, yes, that makes <laughs> sense. You go every time. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah, she's hot. He's good looking. Right. He, they're, they're together. They know what's up. But you pull up next to that same Porsche and there's an ugly person inside and you go, hmm, what's the scale? Like, what? Like, how'd they do this? Like, they're really smart. You go, oh, well, they must be really smart. Or like... Or, well, really, it's just they must be really smart. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't... I think the ratio of good-looking to, like, normal-looking people in luxury cars is... It feels like, yeah, the people that are in them that I see are, mm. yeah. you know, middle-aged guys. Yeah. Which, just like, yeah, they must be... 
have success and have a lot of money. Right. It's like, I don't see a lot of like Hollywood gorgeous people driving around in Porsches. Oh, you don't see pretty women driving around in nice cars? I see that all oh, the well, time. Oh, yeah. Pretty women, yeah. You can do the math on that, but like... But that's what I'm... That's exactly what I'm saying. And you don't bat an eye. You're not like... Mm. You're not like, what the fuck? Mm. You're like, yes, of course. And Look at her. She's gorgeous and she has a Porsche. Oh, I just always assume that they're independent, strong, successful women. I mean, I'm not saying... I, I don't think that either. I'm just saying... You, every time I mean, I like, guess it just shows where both of our minds go. Yeah, exactly. We're so. both thinking the same thing, <laughs> that they're independent, strong, um, wealthy people. Uh-huh. But but uh, what I am saying is, if you see an uggo in there, <laughs> you're like, huh, what's their game? You know? Like, what they mm-hmm. they got to have something good going mm-hmm. on. So this Peter thing, Peter had, getting a lot of money, yeah, I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd be like, well, yeah, look at him. <laughs> He's pretty. Yeah. Um. Then Miles is talking to Rebecca and tells her that he told the police about what happened to Peter with the monster. If you remember from the previous episode, how Peter got killed is that the lady in the lake came and choked him to death, (laughs) dragged him into the lake. Yeah. Man, she's just brutal with that trachea grab. Yeah. Just like... Yeah. Just front of the neck, just crush you. Right. So... She, you know, Miles told the police officer, and of course the police officer took as much credence to the monster story as you'd expect. And um, and he and Miles also tells Rebecca that Peter is still here and not to worry. Yeah. And this is the first kind of revelation to Rebecca that you know Peter is a ghost yeah. around. Hey, I, I have a question about this trope. Why are the kids always right? This is a a serious trope, right? Like, kids are always right. Well, in this case, they have inside knowledge. Yeah, but I mean... I can't... It's hard for me to think of of a movie where there are kids and they're not, like, more tuned in than the adults. You know? Yeah, I think it's like a element of innocence and no filter and all that stuff. Yeah. Like E.T. Mm. And let's see. Da, 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 da. And Rebecca is really affected by Peter's disappearance. Um, it shows the other staff inviting her to kind of h- hang out. And she's really distancing herself and being kind of cold. Yeah, she's them. yeah, she's uh she's clearly in another place. She's not uh, receptive to their invites to like come hang out. Yeah. And Jamie even encourages her to, you know, get back on track and be a lawyer to which she's just kind of like meh. But which I have is, these I mean, kids to watch. Yeah, I mean it's like the the obvious thing is like okay, so you met a guy and dated him for a couple months or whatever and now he's gone so like yeah it's sad but back on track back on track now yeah and for some reason she's just super super affected by it and this is before peter appears to her right she's just super sad about it um and then it's almost like this place this manor has some sort of gravity to it Mm, some sort of sadness gravity it's like the manor manor the manner of the manner. The manner of the mm. manner. So Peter appears to Rebecca, 
And it's a very, like, uh, ghost moment, you know? Yeah. Very Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore moment. This this whole interaction, and, like, for the next, like, significant portion of the episode, it reminded me of not only Ghost, but also Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Because Peter's, like, up there in the attic. He's, like... Yeah. You know his intentions aren't great. He's kind of scheming and also kind of using. Yeah. Oh, Ms. dude, that's, this is, that's a good, that's a hot take, man. Because, yeah, we just, uh, earlier in the summer, we reviewed the the Hellraiser. And, uh, and yeah, I can't remember the dude from Hellraiser. Do you remember his name? Um, oh, I don't know. I yeah. So, but he's trying to, like, reincorporate him his body <laughs> mm-hmm. into, into he, like, and he needs he needs dead other bodies. Yeah. For some reason, the first body, like he he got like eighty percent of the way there, but then it also required like twenty more yeah, bodies. Twenty to more like, bodies per one percentage each. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, you know, I need another like five bodies so I can get my pinky nail. Right. Yeah. And then we'll work, we'll go from there. Yeah, I can't taste anything. That's going to require at least four or five bodies. <laughs> Either this is Corona or any five or six bodies. Right. Here. Right. Right. Yeah. This is like yeah. You're right. Bly Manor. Episode 7 is kind of like Hellraiser Light. Yeah. Um, He talks with Rebecca and basically tells her that he had to figure out a way to appear to her. And and then he he wastes no time starting to manipulate her. And he says, you know, what's the one thing, the only thing that would keep me from you? Which is implying death. And then he does the, the spooky hand through hand because he move. unzips his pants and he's like it's not this yeah this isn't keeping me from me yeah. this thing he's, i could reach i could reach you from another room and she's like what he's like that's kind never, of a non sequitur never mind yeah and uh so all of a sudden peter's back in her life in ghost form and he's like really like all right we can continue on like everything's fine like we'll figure it out it's got it'll be okay kids yeah it's uh it's a very it's well i mean he's 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 doing what he does best which is fooling himself and others right and at at this point you're like it's very if you if this was the first episode that you saw with peter he'd be like yeah yeah like he's he's a nice guy he seems like a nice guy and genuine (laughs) i almost wonder if this scene was like going to be earlier in the show because it would have been like a really good setup for peter and jessel you know but it would re- reveal too much um, did, did you by chance notice how thick thick his accent was it was so brutal in some parts of this well you've you've talked about that before like i don't know it's not uh, you're just it's sitting there with your with your subtitles going. I don't hear anything because you're not keyed in. On sure, it. yeah. Um, and then later, Hannah is talking with Rebecca, and <laughs> which is kind of weird and very uh, um, dismissive. I'm just saying. Oh well, I mean, I had a friend that says the morning period is half the length of the relationship. So I mean. Pfft checks or watch you should be good right oh is that what hannah said yeah i don't remember that part but yeah that's pretty dismissive and like that's not what you would want to say to somebody if you (laughs) really wanted to turn them on someone else but really if you're hannah you'd want like rebecca to snap out of it and be like yeah all right you realize that he was a manipulative sociopath right yeah and 
he wasn't ever good for you. Um, so let's see here. So as far as we can tell, Hannah may be a ghost, right? We th- we think. I, no, we're pretty sure Hannah. Are we a hundred percent sure that Hannah's a ghost at this point? I mean, she fell down she the well. She fell down a fucking well, right? And she appeared at the top of it. Is she the only good ghost in this house that we know of? Because she seems good. Like yeah. everything she. First of all, she's appears to everyone all the time. Right. Like she's constantly. Well, it, it talks about that, and it gives the best analogy for that later in the yeah, episode. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like is the oh yeah, that's a really good shorthand way of explaining it. Yeah, um, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so Miss Jessel's response to Hannah is not everything has a half life, which is like a fair thing to say. Yeah, it's like hey, let me mourn, bitch. Yeah. So, um, and then Miss Jessel, when she's talking with Peter, she's saying like, "Let's still go to the U.S. We can still do all this thing, all the things." And Peter reveals that he can't leave the property. He's like, "I've been trying to get out of here." To be honest with you, the only reason I'm talking to you is because I can't get out of here. Right. <laughs> so then it's a series of events of Peter trying to like test out different ways to leave the property. Yeah. Including possessing Rebecca and taking a running start towards the property yeah, line he clones clotheslines the girl he loves <laughs> to try and get out of the property yeah he possesses her and then they try and run across the uh what do you call it the the, the property yeah line. the property line and um threshold and while this is all going on you know peter will hear knocking again and get pulled pulled back into the scene with his mother trying to shake him down and then um, it's revealed probably not like right now in the chronology of it, but eventually in the episode, it's revealed that like this is Peter's kind of living hell to relive this moment because yeah. he says that you know the others get to have the get to go back to these happy memories with their mom or their dad, moms, a family that they loved, or hugs or moments that were you know um, happy and his formative. Is, yeah, formative moments, and, and his, his formative moment is this. Yeah, and he explains how, like, you know, he can't go back into his childhood because um, he implies very heavily that he was molested as a kid by his father, and his mom just stood by. Yeah, uh, and she keeps saying, "Your dad would kill you. Your dad would kill you if he knew where you were, or something like yeah. this." And it's like, Jesus Christ. So, which is it? Is he going to molest you or kill you? Yeah. Choose one. I guess it could be both. Right. Um, and then, the, about this point in the episode, I'm asking, why does Peter even want Miss Jessel with him? Like, what? That That's the, the question. Because it seems like, oh, you know, we can work this out, like, all this stuff. And, and then I start getting suspicious of, like... But why, though? Why would he well care? I mean, because he doesn't actually love her. I mean, that's that's right. the thing. Well, like he, no, he might. I mean, okay, so insofar as a sociopathic, sociopathic narcissist can love someone, and they, you know, they kind of can. Mm. Um, I mean, this may, be, this may be the most meaningful relationship he's ever had with anyone, and... Uh, and it's weird when you start learning about how narcissists in particular work. 
it has less to do with necessarily the love for that person and more to do with like look they take care of me and how would it look if they weren't with me right right so it's it's kind of more of a reflection of yourself if they leave you mm. than if they were to right stay so, so it's, it's a, so it's always preferable to it's a good look for you to have someone who wants to be around you and also it must be a control thing oh yes it's great to have yeah if you're yeah a sociopath or a narcissist or anything like that it's great to have somebody around who you just this is your constant puppet pretty soon it becomes apparent the reason why peter's manipulating miss jessel and, and wanting her around because he talks about like oh you know we can be together forever all we got to do is all you got to do is like just let me in completely because yeah. he's already been able to you know jump into her body and then put her back in a in a memory yeah um for a short period of time but um as was set up in a in episode two i think where they were talking about legion that you know miles was asking do you need consent do you need consent for a you know for a demon to inhabit you and the answer was yes even though that wasn't necessarily his experience right apparently um but the difference is giving like complete consent and like inviting them in is something very different from just being touched or jumped into yeah having them having them be like a temporary uh uh controller of your body yeah um so they they recite the uh, the spell which they both knew apparently for some apparent reason. Klaatu, Farada, <laughs> Nictu, ne- Necktie, and they go. It's you. It's me. It's us. And that like for the next couple episodes is repeated over and over again. Yeah, like, that's a that's a big thing. Um, <laughs> my next point. <laughs> so uh, Peter jumps into Miss Jessel. This isn't the first time. Um, but he like has complete control now. Yeah. And so, all right. Sidetrack. Okay. All right. Where are you going? This really didn't feel realistic to me. Oh, you, oh Peter jumping into, yeah. uh, Rebecca's body. Right. Okay. Why I is mean, that? Because the first thing he does is look in a mirror and then go off and try to do, you know, something ghosty shit ghosty shit yeah or try to leave the property uh-huh. like everyone knows hmm. if you're a man inhabiting a girl's body for the first time like immediately you would get naked and look at yourself in the mirror and touch your boobs mm. right and then probably masturbate or, or get someone to have sex with you just so you could feel it sabrina don't just stare at it eat it i mean uh you know as, as I mean, you, got, you got a limited amount of time, you're like, all right, I got I got a lot of questions about all this. Well, I mean, I can kind of help you on this because I have identified as a woman for a long time. Okay, and um, and no pre op post op. Oh, pre. Okay, yeah, hardcore. So you know completely how what it's like. Yeah, no, and and, um, and I think the first thing I would do is just enjoy uh, walking walking you know, in, in the skin of a woman, mm. you know, just, just, and having people like recognize me as what I am. Right. So, I mean, I, I think there's some, you know, real cis 
know, pigs out there that mm. would probably do what you're talking about, mm. but not this, uh, not this lady. So you're mm. thinking that's what Peter's real intention was? Oh, oh yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Was I didn't. He, was he living a lie? <laughs> he was living a lie. He's like, oh, finally, feels good. I like the way satin feels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I get it. The draw of of women's clothes. I mean, they feel great. Oh my god, are you kidding me? We ha- <laughs> look. I wish I could go around wearing satin and lace all the time. I had to have a discussion with my wife last night. She came in, and I, I had her underwear on, and she was like, again, I was like, look, we discussed this, and it's strictly a comfort thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just a happy camper. <laughs> Rocking and a-rolling. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> Peter reveals himself to be the giant dick that we understand he is, and mm. he promptly walks Rebecca into the lake. <laughs> yeah, but why? Because fuck this shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was seeing if he could kill himself. I don't... I can't remember exactly what the... I think it was just so she could be with him forever or something. Or or maybe he couldn't accomplish what he... I can't remember what the... Re, if there was actually a reason for doing yeah, I that. Yeah, couldn't, I couldn't figure... I couldn't figure out exactly why. I, I think there was... I, you was, know what? I think it was like he was tired of being lonely and he wanted someone with him forever oh that would make sense yes yes and because later in the episode he picks up one of the other ghosts around there mm. and he's like you see this this bitch without a face mm-hmm. uh this is what every all of us turn into if we get forgotten right and so and so it shows his that showed his contempt mm. for all these other ghosts that are just like and he and his fear which is a legit fear of like turning into that, like this faceless sort of yeah, entity. Yeah. So there was a really cool effect because while Peter's inhabiting Rebecca's body, she's like tucked away in a memory and like <laughs> she's drowning physically yeah. with Peter inhabiting her in the, in the memory. She's like sees the water above like, like by no, the that ceiling. was awesome man. yeah it was a great effect yeah it was like the room was still the room but it had like a water line high up mm-hmm. it was very it was very cool yeah and then she realizes too late that peter just like drowned her you know yeah and uh yeah that's yeah and as she's drowning, a real dick move yeah real dick uh, uh as she's drowning she sees him down there it's yeah. at the bottom of the lake his old dead body because he had been dragged down there by the lady in the lake. Right. And it's a this deep is lake. this is like the I think this is the coolest thing about the the whole series is that it's really told through the perspective of the ghosts. You know, a lot of it is. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm it's okay. So, uh at this point we we are kind of given some confirmations here, right? We have some boxes ticked off. So we know Hannah's a ghost. We know that for sure. Um, we also know, obviously, Peter and at this point, uh, Miss Jessel are ghosts. And the, perhaps the most important pieces of information, we know Danny is a real person, and we know the kids are real people. They're alive. They're kicking. Right. Because they need to be used as vessels. Right. To uh, and the reason they've tied Danny up in this attic, uh, not the basement, is because 
is because she knows. Mm. Well, now she's seen too much because because she walked in on on Flora right. and Miss Jessel in that in the other room the last episode and she's like, "What the shit is this?" Well, you've seen too much. Now we gotta do you in, and uh, and so Peter inhabits uh, Miles Miles in order to. He's like, "Well, we gotta off this bitch first of all because she knows too much." Yeah, yeah. So. What I was going to say about the the point of view of the ghost is it's kind of cool when you hear ghost stories or, or whatever, you're like, okay, it's a spooky hotel. Mm. And at night, this woman ghost will walk the halls. Yeah, but it's told from a, a living person's yeah, perspective. They like, I mean, just every night, you know, or whenever that you'll see the ghost doing this or that, this stuff, you know, or she's crying because of whatever. And it kind of shows you the perspective of the ghost in this show that they're reliving the same moments over and over again. Yeah. And they're kind of helpless to it. Like they can't control it. That's how they get, keep getting pulled away into a memory. And then it goes into a little more detail, uh, really cements that the next episode. But I thought that's like a really cool, perspective to have throughout the show it's like it's not just yeah you know spooky ghosts are spooky you you mentioned when you walked in that um how did you describe uh hill house versus bly manor yeah hill house is like scares uh, uh you know scary first of all uh a tremendous um mood uh, in terms of just being, just having a scary mood, and then a lot of really astonishing, astonishingly solid, um, terrifying mechanics at work with a really solid backstory. Whereas this is kind of the reverse. This is a incredibly solid backstory of sadness and melancholy, and then also scares thrown in. You know, like there are spooky parts of this. Um, but this is m- primarily a melancholy, sad tale. Yeah. Um, uh, how everyone is dealing with shit. Yeah, I mean, Hill House was also very melancholy, and it was about family and loss and, and all that. But this takes that sadness <clears throat> and makes it the front runner. But really, it like, Hill House kind of slow plays it for a long time, and we're not given a lot of... yeah backstory for each ghost but like this one you literally see it from the the ghost perspective so it's not as scary to be like right to only know of these ghosts as these entities yeah, it's kind of like a ghost soap opera right <laughs> right it's like a soap opera for ghosts well it's pretty interesting there's a in the um press materials they sent out for this there's a um statement by mike flanagan and uh, we'll read it later, maybe not in this episode, but we'll read it in like the summary episode, but kind of gives us thesis for the show and compares Hill House to this one. And it's cemented in the kind of the final episode, um, like what it's really all about, mm. which, you know, I don't want to, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but um, it's not focused on family as much like Hill House is one family's story. Yeah. And this is not that. No, this is a bunch of people's individual stories. And uh so I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean like you like you said, it shows the 
the plan is to inhabit Miles and Flora, and it's really bittersweet because they you figure out like how they convinced Miles and Flora is that if you let us in, then you get to just spend all of eternity in your memories of your parents. Yeah. You know, Ugh. you miss your parents and you can be with them fucking forever. Rushing. That's yeah. so sad. And the kids are so bought into it and they're, they do such a good job of acting. Yeah. Like they crush it. And, and that is, is so, like, there's so many things at work in this because it's like so manipulative and cruel and mean of Peter to do. And it's seemingly of also of Rebecca. Because right. it's like, you're bought into this? Like, you're going to take this little girl's life? How right. could you do this? Right. And, uh, and, and, and just take advantage of a little kid's uh, kind of innocence and, and missing their, their fucking dead parents? Ugh, so gross. Yeah, so... And then there's a moment, you know, after it's revealed that Peter, like, had a real rough childhood. I like the fact that they, they reveal that, yeah, Peter's background in childhood is... Mm, horrifying um but it doesn't go to the extent of like forgiving peter for being a sociopath or a dick it's like you don't you have sympathy for the child that peter was but not who he is right you know yeah like there's a there's a point in which like um like uh, what's it called um relativism of like expectations it's like oh well he was you know, he, he was created to be a monster, so you have to be understanding of, you know, this is all he knows is being a sociopathic, you know, murderer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, no, he's still. Yeah. It's he's still, still a huge. Actions are, are the important thing here. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's why narcissists are dangerous people to, to be, to be wound up with. Yeah. Um, then there's a moment as he's talking with Miles about, you know, the fact that he has these nice memories to go back to and to have moments with his parents. And he, he says, and this is an important like line for his character is I wish I could be that rich is that up to this time, it seems like he's just really greedy and into like class and, and wealth. And it shows that like what he really wants is just love yeah. and relationships that are nurturing and, yeah and caring it's this is the one line that fleshes peter out yeah this is the, literally the one line that fleshes peter out along with his memory of his mother right and uh so he inhabits miles and there's a cool thing they do and they do it later too which i don't know if you notice but like all of a sudden miles has uh heterochromia oh his eyes were different his colors. eyes were different colors were peter quinn's eyes different colors or was it just their t- their eyes were different colors, and so he's got a little bit of him, a little bit of him. I think it, I think it might be the latter. Okay, I, I think it was noticeable because it kind of like really focuses on his eyes. Ah, um, and that's that's kind of a cool like indicator of like yeah, someone's inside. Yeah. There. Um, and then man, mo- man, the heterochromia thing. I just got to say, twenty eight months later or weeks later, I guess it was twenty eight weeks later. One of the best sequels ever. And focused entirely on heterochromia. Like, this is how you, like, are resistant to this strain of, like, rabies, basically. This mm. zombie rabies. is like, you're, you, something about heterochromia is huh. having two different colored eyes is an indicator for 
you being resistant to this shit. So if you want to avoid the zombie ho- apocalypse, become possessed with a ghost. Or, or I guess you could, you know, get some colored contacts or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the zombies run up to you and they're like, Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe people with heterochromia just really taste bad. Maybe. I wonder if you could, like, get a really sour. Get an eye transplant, Mm. you know? Would that Mm. work? Or is it a gene thing? Yeah. We're scientists. That's a good question. Science. How's that work? So, Miles Peter um, talks to Hannah, and this is the big reveal for Hannah, and this is, like, the great analogy. And Peter's, like, got a a bone to pick with her. He's like, all right, bitch. <laughs> I see what you're doing, and I'm putting a stop to that. Yeah. And he's like, all right, it's really impressive what you're doing. And he's like, it's exactly like a cartoon that I wa- used to watch as a kid. She's and, like, but you still are a kid. And he's like, uh-huh, of course I am. He's like, no, it's Wiley Coyote. And he says, remember how Wiley Coyote runs off a cliff and doesn't realize that he's off a cliff and he doesn't fall. Right. Until he looks down and he sees. Ah, ha, ha, hooey. Yeah. And then he falls down and he's like, all right, that's you. You need to be put in your place. Literally, he says you need to be put in your place. And uh, ta- he takes her to the well and makes her look down and she realizes that she's dead. Yeah. And like can really accept it. Um, And then. The question at the the end of the episode is, well, okay, so it goes it goes back to um, Flora and Danny are are back in the house while all that is happening. Yeah, and it seems like at this point Flora isn't is has given herself over right. to Miss Jessel, right? Because she said the the words and yeah. and whatnot, and then it's revealed that Miss Jessel didn't actually Go inhabit in. her. Yeah. She, it was all a trick was, that she was... It was meant to trick... Um, Peter into Peter. thinking yes. that she did it. Yes. And so Jessel actually frees Danny and, you know, says, like, she could never do that to, to Flora. Flora deserves to live, basically, her own life. And and as this happen, all, happens, all of a sudden... Oh, and then they're, they're basically like, what about Miles? And Miss Jessel's like, yeah, it's kind of too late for Miles. Yeah. It's... Which is pretty... <laughs> pretty dire yeah oh they they're really going there huh but 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 man it's a really smart move because of the way they casted the two kids and i'm not saying that the kid it plays miles is 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 uh Mm. less likable i'm saying he's the way he acted Mm. uh throughout this show makes him so much less likable, which is really a tribute to his ability to act. Right. Uh, and the way Flora was portrayed throughout the whole show is this little shining ray of just innocence and love and light. And uh, and it would be the most profound tragedy if Flora got, got you know? Right. But Miles is, an ex- or, yeah, Miles is an acceptable sacrifice in order to save his sister. And... You know, episode two sets that up, you know, I need Mm. to protect my sister and Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. So Miss Jessel basically tells Danny to to take Flora and get the hell out of Dodge. And uh, so the last scene is Danny grabbing Flora and running down the stairs and out the house and like towards the car. And before they can get too far, Danny is 
chokeholded by the lady in the lake. Yeah, she gets like, got. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, we see where this goes. And that's where it ends the episode. Yeah. So um, now it's a question of like, oh, great. Now is Danny dead? Yeah. And uh, that's left as a cliffhanger. Um, basically to the end of the next episode. Yeah. So. Rough stuff. All right. That's um, episode seven. It's a great one. Um, really, really fleshes it out and makes it. I mean, everything is revealed so nicely, and everything like it kind of unfolds builds like a moonflower. Yeah, and it makes it richer yeah. and characters more interesting and in depth. And it's just really, man, Mike Flanagan is such a master. And the next episode just is a testament to that. I worry. Uh, I worry about this series a little bit. I worry that this will be the last season of. Uh, of this because I don't see it being received with the fervor that uh, that Hill House was because this is not a spook fest. This is a slower, more, um, much more thoughtful and kind of sad uh, show. I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it'll really hold up. There's I think that one faith of the in humanity there there's. The one thing that it has going for it mm. is the iconography of it. Like that, the faceless lady in the lake, that's going to be a thing. Like, that's yeah. going to be like a like an iconic image, I think. Yeah. Going forward, because that is such a cool character. And the story behind her is it's really bad, compelling. Badass. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. So, but, I mean, I... I th- See that's the thing. Like it's a it's a gothic horror, and it's not like it's not a ton of jump scares, but the ones that are there are like super effective. And I think there's it's very effective at giving a haunting feeling and being like a ghost story. And like it feels like a really great ghost story. And I, not only that, I feel like this is definitely um, like they found a hard lane, which is kind of it's almost like a mystery. It's and. And so, and I think they prob their audience is probably skews a little female, um, and so they've. I think they've. If if their audience, if their aim is to like really nail in that female viewership, this this season will do that in spades because it is very dramatic well, and, I, uh, and focuses on relationships. Yeah, I mean, I think the saving grace of of it is like it's a really emotional story and. It's going to connect with people. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And and it's if you've lost someone, oh man, it yeah. resonates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really resonates. I mean, it's a My skin's a tingling just thinking about this spooky tale. <laughs> is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. Yes it is. So So yeah, I'm I'm uh I finished the series now and I'm really excited to talk about the next two episodes. Okay. They're they're really great. Cool, man. Um but yeah, I think um I think it's the same thing with Hill House is like yeah, this the the um each episode was good. Each episode was like compelling. It was you know, rich, it built on each other and it it like explored you know, more depth of the characters and stuff. But really the selling point was the end. Like the last like reveals and the ending is like the capstone of like, this is like a really perfect thing. Yeah. You know, this is like, 
and I think it it does that really well. Yeah, for this yeah this series as well. Like there are other series on Netflix that don't hold <laughs> nearly as well. That Dracula right. one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> started so promising. That first episode had me just. I was fully bought in, and then yeah. it just fucking ugh, just took this huge shit all over my face. So yeah, yeah. The other the other thing is Netflix is kind of notorious for like doing a couple seasons and dropping it like a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Like they have a lot of like two season things. Oh yeah. yeah, but I think they've they've actually like have a pretty robust contract with Mike Flanagan. Sure. And I mean, it's not bad that they drop things. You know, I mean, I like to see new stuff. You know, I, I like the BBC style, you yeah. know, where it's like, OK, let's get some fresh fucking stuff into, up in here. You, you've had two seasons. That's enough. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please, if you like it, subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out or share it with a friend um, to help us grow. Um, other ways you can help us out is. Go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. There's a couple buttons in the top banner. One is to send you to Amazon. If you're going to buy anything from Amazon, we'll get a little taste of that. The other one is to our Patreon. You can check out the different tiers um, and get into that. Also, check out our resident artist who is whose name is Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who, uh, who creates some of the best-looking... Uh, horror themed art that i can that i can think of so you guys should check him out over at uh dgobel00 on instagram that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 on instagram and uh tell him hmt sent you thanks again to max and kitty for helping us out with the intro to this little series Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail call us at 682-253-4468 and we'll see you for the next episode Bye. bye